0: Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westcar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. This is the Oh My God Launching Podcast, and I want to remind you again that you can win a $100 Amazon gift card If you just share your favorite episode on Instagram, Facebook, whatever you want to do. As long as you tag me because then I can put your name into the raffle box. Um, And also, you can get another entry for each time you share that episode. Or if you go to iTunes and leave a review for the podcast as well. Just uh, screenshot that, send me on a DM, and we'll make sure you get another entry on that. Uh, But on today's episode, I'm talking to Matt Brown, um, and he's a copywriter, he's a marketing strategist, and a conversion system enthusiast. He loves launches. He loves working on launches. He likes to get into technical stuff, building a whole thing up from the ground. And we talk about launches today. We talk about specifically launch within launch, but we do have a tangent here and there. You know how it is with me. Uh, We tend to go off on a little bit of tangent every now and then. But that's kind of where the golden nuggets are. So make sure you tune in and learn a little bit more about what you can do when you're inside of the launch. And, you know, you can tweak things as you progress through the launch. Because there's a lot of things that we don't think about that actually happen during the launch. And Matt really kind of dissect that and walk us through kind of what we need to look at and what we should be doing and what we should be watching. So make sure you get this episode and let's listen to it. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Wesker, and I help online course creators and membership site owners create the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlight the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. All right, welcome to the Oh my god I'm launching podcast. I'm your host Ken Westmore and today I am joined with Matt Brown. Welcome Matt. Hey Ken,
1: thank you so much for having me on the show today. I'm super excited yeah. and grateful to be here.
0: It's really awesome to have you and uh, you can thank your wife by the way too because you're here, right? I know,
1: <laughs> she wrote me into doing this and here I am and I'm I'm so, you know, stoked to have connected with you and uh, be able to hopefully share some awesome ideas with your your audience.
0: I believe that we can, uh, we you know, discussed a little bit before we jumped on. And apparently, you know, you know a lot of people who's been on the podcast before because of BBD and other stuff. And, you know, so obviously this is going to be a good episode because you're in the right, you know, right group of people. Totally, totally. The Cool Kids Club. <laughs> cool Kids Club, exactly. <laughs> um, but why don't you start off by just letting us know who you are, who you help, and how you help them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my name's Matt. Um, I work for a company called MemberMouse. I do a lot of marketing stuff for them. And that's really how I got introduced to this whole crazy world of online business um, and launching and just this whole style of doing things online. And then in addition to that, I'm also a copywriter and I work with a variety of sort of private clients on their launches marketing lead generation efforts but i have a really special place in my heart for these intense online launches i don't know what it is about me or my personality but i'm just attracted to the complexity of all right we're going to write 15 emails three facebook ads we're going to do approach you know an affiliate list and something about this crazy world just has kind of drawn me in from the beginning so i love i love working with people on my launches and i've had um some amazing opportunities to to be able to do that sort of stuff, which I'm also super grateful for.
0: Yeah. And it's funny that you say that because there's so many people who's on the other side who really hates all that to, you know, build out the launch and create all the content and doing all the technical stuff. But uh, that's where you kind of come in.
1: Yeah, I don't know what it is about my personality or whatever, but I'm, I also love like really complex board games that take like six hours to play and like <laughs> it takes an hour just to read the directions of how to play this game. And so something about that when I got into learning about launches, you know, obviously going through all the classics, you know, Jeff Walker style stuff and just like, mm-hmm. wow, this is a really complex thing. And you kind of need one person to oversee the project from start to finish and to implement all of the different little pieces. You know, if you're writing 10, 12, 20 emails, even like Mm -hmm. there has, there has, it's like this big vision thing. I I, I
0: don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you mentioned um, before we jumped on as well that, you know, you, well, we need to create, plan out everything or get everything done before you actually get to, you know, the launch week when you open the cart and all that stuff. Um, how important do you feel like that is?
1: Oh my goodness. That's so important. You know, I've worked with a lot of people who it's shocking. They almost are succeeding in spite of their marketing, like in spite of their efforts, they have really amazing businesses, but they're kind of these big picture people, um, big picture thinkers. And, you know, by the time they contact me, it's like, Hey Matt, I want to launch, and we want to do it as soon as possible. Like, how long is it of going course. to take uh, <laughs> for this to happen? And in my mind, like, you should really start planning a launch like minimum four months out because you're going to want to be starting to tease tease the launch and foreshadow it and create some excitement around it in all of the other emails that you're sending out. Um, and so. To me, it's really important that by the time you're launching, you have all of your core content created. So, um, it really this really depends on the style of the launch that you're doing. If you're going to be doing, you know, a, a launch that's primarily email based, um, so the main channel you're going to be communicating with your audience is through your email list, then you need to have all of those emails written from, you know. The segmentation and confirmation stage of the launch all the way to the closing sequence and even a downsell sequence if you're going to do one of those. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're doing kind of a Facebook group three-part video series launch, then those videos need to be scripted or not scripted. They at least have to have the outline for those videos if you're going to be doing sort of a PowerPoint presentation you know, this is sort of a mutation of the webinar style launch combined with the Jeff Walker three-part video series style thing. That that all needs to be done. Like you need, mm-hmm. you can't just be winging it on the fly. I mean, you can, but you're just not going to well. have the best <laughs> results. Um, exactly. And the magic of that, the reason that this is so important is that if you're launching, let's say, over the course of a five-day period and everything is essentially done, then you and your team and whoever you're working with on this launch essentially can block off that entire period of time to just respond and adjust to what you're actually seeing on the back end of the launch so mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. why it's so important and then if you look at people that do really big launches, I know we've got a lot of James Wedmore people in here he's teasing BBD all year long in some form or another, and that yeah. um runway you know begins maybe three months before the door is open you'll see it in the ps of his emails in the podcast intros it's this is planned and orchestrated
0: it's not he's not winging it so yeah exactly and that's why he has the successful launches that he does <laughs> exactly <laughs> versus like i got
1: the first email written and we're sending it and matt can you write <laughs> the next 10 for us it's like no 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 no
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I also believe that you know, uh, if you do plan out everything and get everything done before you get to launch, not only is not only are you ready to kind of tackle whatever might come along, but you also you're more present. You're you got more energy to kind of just show up for your audience, do the things that you need to do, and uh, that comes across whether you want it or not. Uh, I, I, th- I think of as a it's an invisible language, you know, the whole energy thing. I don't think people even realize that, but uh, that's also really an important aspect of it.
1: Definitely. Um, I'm 100% there with you. If you have this frantic, crazy, busy energy, not only are you going to miss opportunities that are kind of popping up right in your face during the actual launch, but the, um, the vibes you're sending out to the world, to the people, it's going to kind of infect the whole, the whole situation. Versus if you're mm-hmm. calm, just staying present, doing some nice visualization exercises or whatever your your style of that is, um, you, it can just be a much better experience for everyone.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but you wanted to talk a little bit about the launch within the launch. Um, so basically, well, let's just explain to people what do we mean by the launch within the launch? Sure. So I
1: guess this kind of comes from like the the game within the game saying where you have a basketball game or a football game or a soccer game, and it's that's sort of the launch. You know, you have the the whole thing planned. Your emails are in. Your sales page is written. Your videos are scripted. All that stuff is ready to go. Um, but then there can be a lot of things that happen when you actually start sending those emails and start sending people to the sales page and open the door. And I've worked on a number of launches where it just started to become very obvious that while we had done our very best to plan for, you know, covering all of our angles, there were opportunities that were arising um, based on the behavior of the people that are interacting with the launch that we hadn't envisioned or hadn't planned for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I've been able to work on some launches where we don't really do anything. And it's like, oh, you feel like this huge opportunity is slipping by. And that's really what inspired me to develop a more of a skill set and a planning capacity for how to respond to these things in real time. So, you know, I guess it could be helpful to give a specific example to kind of ground people what we're Let's actually talking about here. I worked on one launch where um, it was a, a primarily an email launch. You know, there was some organic content through Facebook being posted as well, but the majority of the launch communication was happening through email. And the it was a list of about 12,000 people and probably about 75% of the way through the email. We noticed that there was a, a significant chunk of people that had opened every email clicked mm. multiple links visited the sales page multiple times um, but weren't converting and you're like well maybe um, maybe they're just waiting maybe they're still in consideration mode but this is really a high this is them exhibiting high intent behavior where they're this is they're obviously considering this they're thinking about this they're on the fence, essentially. And Mm -hmm. we kind of just let the launch ride and let the standard closing um, final 48 hours emails go through. And it was an awesome launch. There were a lot of people um, that got enrolled, like we were able to surpass our goals for that specific launch. But at the end of it, I was like, man, what about these 500 people that opened every single email, clicked links multiple times, visited the checkout page multiple times and didn't, didn't convert you know like that's a lot of yeah. people and um how how could we have better served those people um during the launch to help them with their uh decision you know because we're really as copywriters as people that are launching as entrepreneurs you're not really fighting um someone saying no like you're fighting indecision these are people that just mm-hmm. didn't make a decision they let the countdown timer had zero and they didn't decide they didn't explicitly say no, I don't want to join this program. They didn't say yes, they just said up, maybe I'll wait till next time, maybe I'll think mm-hmm. about it. Um so that's really kind of what I mean by the launch within the launch. How can you adapt? How can you um do things to reach out to those people in a personal way that's going to potentially get them enrolled in the program. So mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think maybe like a big mistake a lot of entrepreneurs might be doing when they're launching is that they actually don't pay attention to these numbers as they're launching because their you know head is in the game and they're focused on just <laughs> keeping their head head above water just to kind of get through launch. But like you said, you know if you kind of take a look at the numbers, you might actually see some opportunities where you can well. You know, the smaller the list, the more you, you know it's a possibility for you to get on one-on-one calls with these people, exactly. and just kind of figure out what what's the hold up. But obviously, if you have 500 people, that's um, that's going to be a lot of calls. <laughs> but did you guys figure out a way to kind of reach out to them afterwards, or did you do something different on the launch, or how did you go about that?
1: So yeah, that with that specific launch, that we were just happy with the results at the end of it you know the mm-hmm. the the person i wrote the copy for they were you know they were thrilled with the results it was more me that was like man we left a huge opportunity on the table right. here and so that's really what inspired me to start looking into different ways to deal deal with this and to approach this and you had mentioned that you you say a lot of entrepreneurs aren't looking at these numbers um, because yeah like you said their head is in the game they're seeing sales come in you know they're seeing people convert from every email that they send out and so it's like kind of all's well the the launch is going um, it's going well it's going well for them and they're they're moving towards their goals what I see is that a lot of people don't even have the basic technology set up correctly to even measure these things you know for mm-hmm. example I imagine a lot of the people in this community are using Kajabi for their content delivery their payment processing and their email service provider and kajabi doesn't have site tracking you know like the esp can't tell you the they can't correlate the behavior of somebody in your ecosystem at the contact level so you really need a tool like active campaign for example where you can embed the site tracking snippet across the entire Mm -hmm. site and measure the activity and then have that trigger notifications to you or automations um, Because otherwise it's like nearly impossible to figure out who are the 100 people in this launch that have visited the checkout page three times. And that I would love to offer a personal one-on-one clarity call to. Um, If you don't have that stuff set up before the launch and have it tested and make sure it's working correctly, then yeah, you're just not going to be able to figure out who those people
0: are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are, uh, I, I mean, Like you said, a lot of people don't have this set up, but um, what are some things that we need to set up and, you know, watch and, you know, keep checking in on during the launch? For sure. I mean, I think people in general are like
1: kind of obsessed with like open rates and click rates. And obviously those are things that um, are important to look at, but are not necessarily true indicators of engagement. Clicks definitely more than opens. Um, sure. But you know, with the new iOS update, opens are mm-hmm. going to become even less relevant. So, really, the things that I would be looking at when in during a launch and even before a launch is the level of engagement of somebody in your ecosystem before the launch even began. And I'll give a concrete example of this. After I kind of got some training on this and figured out a better way to run a launch with this sort of thing in mind, the most recent launch I worked in, we were launching specifically to a wait list. So these are people that over the course of the past year had indicated they were introduced, they were, they were interested in being notified when this program opened. And so I was able, we were able to go in and sort of design a system that measured engagement across all their different web properties, email, Kajabi, you know, uh, their video pages, their Facebook group, things like that. And to, mm-hmm. to literally go in before the first email of the launch was sent and said, okay, here's the list of people that are here. Here are people that have surpassed sort of, uh, an engagement threshold that we have identified as a high indicator of intent to purchase. And here's mm-hmm. the people that haven't. And so before the launch even began, I had this hypothesis in my mind. I'm like, I think these people are going to buy. And by the time the launch finished, those were the people that bought. And so it's about kind of tracking those things. And it's not difficult. It's like most people, if you're using an email service provider, that's not bundled in with your content delivery package like Kajabi. Most of them have site tracking capabilities Mm -hmm. and engagement scoring and things like that. It's just a matter of setting it up and getting the groundwork set correctly, so that when you need the insights, you have them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, for a lot of people, they might actually need to reach out and get some help with that. But uh, yeah, please <laughs> yeah, email me. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I get that, and you know, it's it definitely sounds intimidating, probably to a lot of people. Just, oh, uh, what, what what are we talking about here? creating all this stuff and putting in codes here and there and you know um so yeah there's probably a lot of people who think yeah that sounds like a good idea but i don't know (laughs) i
1: guess yeah that that's i don't know what my superpower is or if that's even a thing but it's like i'm a copywriter who's not afraid of technology who really embraces it because I just really want to deliver the right messages to the right people. And this is the sort of thing that's really going to help you get super specific with your messaging and avoid burning out your entire list. Like if you're, even if you're launching to a hundred people, let's say a small list, um, and you're making the assumption that there's a core group here that's super engaged. And let's say that that core group is only 15 people, um, it's going to be hard to figure out exactly what to say to them. You can, you can make a good guess. You can make a good hypothesis. But when you know these are the specific actions that they've taken in the three months leading up to the launch, during the launch, um, then it would be much easier for you to send 15 personal emails to those people reflecting back their what you already know about them, um, what their actions have told you, checking in with them, really connecting with them um, mm-hmm. versus trying to create one email to send to a hundred people in the hope that the people that need to see that message actually do see it. So mm-hmm. hopefully that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's segmentation 101, basically just exactly. uh, <laughs> getting to learn, you know, what exactly specific is about this one subscriber or what that one person um, and how you can, yeah, tweak your messaging and everything towards that. Obviously, that will help a lot.
1: And like back in the day, you know, um, I had the good fortune recently to connect with a guy named Brian Kurtz. He's kind of like one of the OGs of marketing, and he was a list. He was a list guy. You know, he was essentially the you know director of marketing, and his job was to manage the list that they were approaching. And that's a huge gap in most online entrepreneurs and online business owners' skill set now is that nobody's really doing detailed list management to make sure you understand what the different segments of your list are, what their Mm -hmm. past behavior is, what their purchase behavior is, what lead magnets they've interacted with. It's just like, here's my email service provider, here's all my names, here's some basic tagging, here's the product, you know, stuff like that. But it's like, so much of the success of a launch has to do with the list and who's on it and how you're approaching them. And we, we like to think, Oh, it comes down to the copy, the sales page, the messaging. Um, But so much of it just has to do with being able to reach the right people at
0: the right time. Mm -hmm. With the right message.
1: With the right message. Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of right, right message um, there's a company called right message and they have the ability to personalize a lot of uh, things to your website, and you can get some stuff from, you know, pulled into your ESP and all that stuff. Um, have you are you familiar with that at all? So
1: I have definitely heard of the tool. I've not had the good fortune to work with it yet. Have you, Have you used it?
0: I've tried it a little bit. Yes. Can you do like um,
1: sales page personalization?
0: Yeah, you can do pretty much anything, as uh, so long as you copy the code onto the website. You can pretty much do whatever you want to. And you can get real specific towards the actions that each uh, person on your list does. And um, that means you can get real specific on your messaging as well. And I think I think that's pretty much the future. I mean oh, you can sure. get even more specific, not just within your emails, but you know, with your landing pages, your sales pages, website in general, and you can gather more information as they come on to your site because you already know who they are by um, by you know their email address, and then you can send all of that information back to your email service provider. Interesting. So it can display information it
1: pulls from your ESP or CRM onto yeah. the page. So you know your sales page could start with Matt. What's the difference between? <laughs> If you want to a get B. that
0: specific, yes, you can. But that's really like a lot of work. Yeah, but then you would probably need to create it. you know, let's say you need a separate tag to say that this is Matt or all of these per- people are named Matt. So you can probably yeah, say, but just still.
1: I mean, it might be a, l- a little bit of work at the beginning, <laughs> but the potential upside there is huge.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm going to look least,
1: into it after this call.
0: Yeah. No, you can at least you know if you have people identify as, you know, are you a course creator or your a coach? Do you have a membership site or wherever? Then you can just get them to a- answer that question. Then you can use that, you know, in your copy, just switching out that simple word throughout the copy. Right. And it we'll talk specifically to them as that person. So it's really awesome. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm definitely going to look into it because that's right up my alley. Um,
0: <laughs> I would imagine yeah. that. But, uh, yeah, you do a lot of copywriting too, as you mentioned um and you know, I think messaging is probably one of the most foundational things that we need for not only launches but business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how often do you see people miss out on this in you know when they're launching or just building their business?
1: How often do I see them like miss out on the power of messaging? yeah, oh usually. Well, it really depends. So it depends really on what stage of business somebody's at. Like, I've worked Mm -hmm. with people that have big teams and they usually have a pretty good core message. They've been in business for, you know, more than a few years. They're already, you know, earning really good money and they're able to support themselves and profit and grow. Those people usually have their messaging figured out enough and where they benefited and is getting really specific into their um, their customer and who it is that's going to benefit from the program understanding their you know sort of the challenges their beliefs their pains Mm -hmm. their desired outcomes the transformation that they're looking for and so those those are usually the best people to work with because they have they already have that insight and I have a process that I go through with people to extract all that information so that it can be plugged in at the appropriate points of the funnel. The other side of the spectrum is kind of the solopreneur or the entrepreneur with like a implementation team. So maybe it's like the founder, visionary person at the helm with like a team of like an integrator and then a VA. Mm -hmm these are the people that have sort of just, they've succeeded through brute force and um, they may have their, they may have a really compelling offer, but they're not, they're usually not that good at communicating it consistently across all of their different assets where like their sales page is basically a disaster and their emails aren't matching the message that's displayed on the sales page and they're confusing and they're poorly written. And so it's like, that's, I mean, that's that's a huge opportunity for those people. And I, I like working with those people because it's um, it's really rewarding to get that stuff cleaned up and fixed and to see the difference that it makes. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it can also be a lot of work that you have to sort of sell them on because like, I already have a sales page. I already have emails. Can't you just optimize these ones? It's like,
0: no, you can't. <laughs> there's, there's more we got to look under the hood, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. Um, I don't know if we talked all about launch within the launch because we kind of skipped back and forth there, but did we miss anything when we're talking about that? (laughs) I mean, there's so much that we could
1: talk about there. We could get super granular. Um, it, It just really depends on what you think your audience would benefit from the most and what like yeah. specific questions. I don't want to just keep going off on all these tangents and mini rants. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, usually there's some gold within those tangents though. So it's probably some value within it. But um, yeah, no, I mean, what are some of the most important things that we need to think about when we're in the launch? I mean, it's one thing to kind of tweak small things, but is there anything in specific that maybe it's more... Beneficial to focus on than the other things?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, so I guess one of the big errors or mistakes that I see e- even some copywriters or um e- entrepreneurs that are trying to write their own copy during a launch is that they're essentially just being this, you know, clock that yells at people. You know, doors are open. The mm-hmm. the the core um sort of the core idea at the foundational level of each email is like, the doors are open, the doors are closing, you have this much time left or this bonus is expiring. It's basically all just time oriented Mm -hmm. and time certainly plays an important role in a launch because you need to set the parameters or the rules of the launch and to give people an understanding of their opportunity to enroll. But to me, there are... Key stages of a launch, and each stage of the launch has its own um, sort of message or theme or like genre in a way that needs to be um, that needs that you need to lead the person through because the purpose of a launch is really to begin the transformation that will continue in your program. It's Mm -hmm. not just about here's what you get, here's how much it costs, here's the bonus. Here's how much time is left to get the bonus. Here's how much time is left to get in the program. Doors are closing, you know, oh, I'm extending the deadline. It's like every email can't be that. And for so many people, it's like that's the, the emotional theme of the email is like time related. Whereas it should you should really be bringing people through dispelling beliefs. Um Adopting, you know, new empowering identities, helping people forgive themselves for their past past mistakes. And this is something that I've learned from, you know, my main teachers in this world. And um, I've seen make such a huge difference by the end there are, people are like, not just joining the program, but excited to get into the content, get into the Facebook group, meet the founder, Get on the q a mm-hmm. calls like they're really they're really primed to benefit from the program, which is what this is all about,
0: yeah, because it's not just about you know doing that webinar or the training or whatever free thing that you're offering during the launch, which a lot of people do, but it's like you said, you know it's different stages that you need co- need to go through, and there's beliefs that need to be shifted and some objections that need to be busted and all of these things add value too it's just not necessarily how you would think because a lot of people think about, you know, the how to training that's the whole, that's like the important thing that's going to change it all, but it's really all of the other deeper stuff that kind of push the needle. Definitely. Like in the BBD world, I know that people talk about
1: that as thought reversal mm-hmm. um, or in a, another world, that could be, you know, sacred cows with sour milk. So what beliefs do your, prospects, your ideal customers hold in their mind that are no longer serving them and that are actually leading to um, less than ideal results in their life. And so if you can liberate people from those beliefs during your launch, they're going to trust you so much more as a coach or a facilitator to continue that transformation in the program that they're actually signing up for. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's another thing that it's like you, you people... Like people, when they're writing emails, writing launches, writing messaging, it's like nobody wants to be salesy. Nobody wants to be like cheesy. Nobody wants to be manipulative. And it's super amazing to be really conscious of that. But the result is that if you aren't willing to be courageous as the person who's delivering a particular message to your audience, then the emotional core of your messages can be flat. And then you, lean back on just basically like being a timekeeper Um, and you really have to be able to deliver like an emotionally cathartic moment to people through your writing um, or through, through the message that you're delivering to them. Like I think of it as like the crying on the dance floor moment where it's like, have you ever had that experience where you're just like, you're you're like experiencing your life and it's like you're listening to this empowering music, but it's also like touching you at the most deep emotional core level where you just like get this emotional catharsis. Like that's what you want in a launch, not just like keep an eye on this deadline funnel. (laughs) Like when it clocks to zero, your chance to join the program disappears forever. It's like, no, that's not what it's about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's so true. Uh, Yeah. I mean, now I lost the train of thought here. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna I told say you I'm just, I was... gonna, I'm just gonna <laughs> rant I'm
1: just gonna and just go on and on
0: and on. Uh, oh well, it'll probably come back to me later. But um, yeah. So but yeah, the different stages through a launch obviously plays a huge role than you know, all the free training that you can give. Um but you know, once the launch is finished though, uh, you did mention something, you know, maybe a downsell or something like that. Um so obviously even though the launch is finished, it's not necessarily finished. And I Definitely have you is. had an experience with that with your clients as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this is another thing that has just basically always bothered me like both as a participant in launches and as a person that's creating launches, which is like yes, deadlines are important, closing the door is super important and you want mm-hmm. to maintain that integrity with your audience um and to really give people a, a reason to join now. But again, it's like just you get to the end of a launch, like, man, there's 400 people that obviously were super interested in this that aren't in it. And now we don't open our doors until next year again. And it's like, mm. what's bothered me about that? And what my, you know, the, the people that I work with on this, like they talk about it as like forcing people to adapt to your marketing versus you adapting your marketing towards the people that are in your community, which really is what we should be doing. We should be showing up and serving the people in our audience. So in the most recent launch that I worked on, the way that we did this was even though the deadline was approaching um, and the, the timing of this specific launch, the the day ended the, the launch ended on a Sunday night. Um, we, we basically implemented kind of like a rain check style, uh, opportunity for people where if they were really interested and we knew that they were interested because of their engagement in the ecosystem across the launch, um, we were I, we were able to create a message that was, I think, the second to last email, which was basically along the lines of like, if you book a clarity call with me, oh, oh, the, the entrepreneur had opened up like times for the next three days after the launch, we book mm-hmm. a clarity call With me, If you still have questions about the program, what I'm offering, if this is right for you, book, you know, 15, 20 minute call with me, I'll hold your spot in the program. And a number Mm -hmm. of people took her up on that, which was awesome, because it's like, I hate just slamming the door on people. And it's like, if it's Sunday night, and, you know, you've got kids, and you got work the next day, and you got all this stuff going on in your life and you just literally can't make a decision, but you do have a 15 minute time side of the next three days to explore this opportunity one-on-one with somebody, then, you know, I felt really good about being able to do that. And it led to conversions, which is, mm-hmm. you know, also great. Um, but again, this was a wait list style launch. So it was a much smaller list. If you have a thousand people and you don't have a team, um, that that could be challenging, so you might have to get a little bit more creative with how you do that. Um, one thing is that you can sell like a stripped-down version of the program uh, after the launch is finished. So if you, the program you're selling includes coaching, a community, and content, you know, course, um, you can also just sell the course without any of the personal support to people mm-hmm. who. Yeah would be interested in, you know, going through that on their own. So that's also an option that would probably be more scalable than doing one-on-one, you know, connection calls with people during the launch.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I still would think, you know, like you said, it it's it's a good feeling to, because, you know, there's a lot of people who still want and need your help. And it's nice to kind of offer that, even though you close the doors, but they obviously, you know, if they actually go through the step and book that call, you know, it's a nice thing to kind of say, okay, well, your spot is still open, you know, and it's, it's not in a way that feels dishonest either.
1: No, not at all. And it's really just in service of the people that are giving you their time and attention, which is super valuable. It's like, you want to reward that. Like if you've sent 15 emails and someone's opened all of them and read your sales page, like, Mm-hmm. They have totally earned a fifteen minute call with you to explore this, and I wouldn't want to work with somebody who didn't have that level of commitment to their audience where they'd be willing to hop on a quick zoom call with them. like I really like working with people that they want to send out bonjoros or looms during the uh the launch or they want to send out you know personalized messages to people because. That's that's what it's going to be like when they actually join your program. They're going to be DMing you on Facebook. They're going to be in the Facebook group or in Circle or in Slack, asking you questions about what you're helping them with. And it's like, if you can't serve them during the launch, then how confident are they going to be that you can serve them once they've
0: joined your, your program? Hmm. Absolutely. Is there any other ways of, you know, providing a downside? So could it be like, you know, a different offer, uh, but still geared towards you know whatever the course was, but some not necessarily a stripped down version, but something a little bit more simpler something to kind of get them started on this journey towards uh maybe joining the course with later,
1: yeah, definitely, and that really depends on the um specific product that you're offering, but if you've created a bonus package for the launch to Overcome the objections that people have to joining your program. Like, let's say, I don't know if, I don't know what James is doing with BBD now, but let's say one of the big objections is, is, I don't know how to run Facebook ads. And you have a Facebook ads course as a bonus for anybody that joins. Then you could think about packaging up all the bonuses into a purchasable offer that, since those bonuses are already designed to help overcome the objections of the, the course itself or the program itself could be a good first step for people that maybe aren't quite ready to, for the full commitment of your you know, flagship program. So that could certainly be a downsell. It just really depends on what you're, what you're offering um, and what people are interested in. And you can know that based on the actions they've taken in your ecosystem. You know, like if somebody visited the bonus page or they clicked the, the link in your bonus email three times during the launch, then they can be added to a segment where only those people are offered that specific downsell at the end of the launch.
0: Again, mm-hmm. just
1: really depends on the specific situation.
0: Yeah, exactly. All the more data you can collect, obviously, the more specific you can get. So, it's uh, it's an important thing to collect that data. Absolutely, it is. You you need to be you need to start collecting it
1: now. That would be my one piece of advice <laughs> for everyone. Like, if you don't have a robust ESP um with the ability to track and store and reference this material very easily, that's kind of the first order of business is getting that set up for yourself. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And like you said, you know, once that launch is done, you kind of basically just start on the next launch runway and that's a good time to get started collecting that data. Exactly. Yeah. Is there anything that you feel like we've left out that you want to mention to people?
1: Well I, they, you I, on your intake form, you had what are three questions that you'll be right.
0: disappointed if you don't ask: me, and I haven't
1: gotten those questions yet, so well, let's, let's let's see what they are.
0: Let's see what they are. Okay, so who's your favorite fictional detective?
1: I'm <laughs> so glad you asked that, Ken.
0: Great question. Where did that come from? And hmm. the,
1: the reason I, I put that there is because I have one you know detective that I love, and I see so much respect being given out there for Sherlock Holmes. Everyone's obsessed with Sherlock and all these other kind of middle tier detectives. The greatest detective of all time is obviously Hercule Poirot, Agatha Christie's Mm -hmm. mastermind. And so he's got to, you know, take this opportunity to put some respect on his name in front of your audience. So if you haven't checked out Poirot, you got to check him out. He's he's the best.
0: All right. Uh, You you do have... (laughs) written down what's the secret to making the world's best popcorn now i'm just going to say that the best popcorn is the popcorn that's not really popped but it's just a little bit pop that's the best okay
1: popcorn. that is really good popcorn you like like the that half is. popped kernels the half popped ones yeah okay. you can actually buy that buy them somewhere I, on They own. they call it glad corn here really yeah, you can you can buy it, and I do agree with you that that is some of the best popcorn. But <laughs> the secret to making the best popcorn is to um, you got to add really high grade olive oil and nutritional yeast to it, and it just has mm. this creates this amazing amazing flavor. So glad you asked I did that not question. Know that. Yeah,
0: I didn't know that. Yeah. We do have the yeast in the uh, in the cabinets, so. I'm definitely going to try that out.
1: Add some to your next popcorn. I mean, you got to make it on the stove. You got to use a really Obviously. a high smoking point oil, get it really hot, pop it, mm-hmm. put the oil on there, you know, your really high quality salt, garlic powder, pepper, paprika, but then you just add that nutritional yeast and it just adds, that's the missing ingredient right there. Mm. Enough said. That's it. We're done here. <laughs> that's it. That's that's the end of the podcast. Thank you for coming for, to my TED if there's Talk. There's one on thing popcorn. you want to take
0: away it's the best popcorn on here. <laughs> exactly. No, but okay. But is there anything that we have left out that, that you really want to mention about launches or you feel like we kind of covered the most important things?
1: Man, I feel like I feel like we covered a lot here. Um, yeah. I think the most important thing is just launch, launch and learn. You know, there's so you're going to learn more yeah. from launching than you are from not launching, so
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh,
1: again, you know, we could talk about this stuff all day, but I think I said a lot and people have other questions they want to ask me, just find me on Facebook.
0: Yeah, reach out. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, because they can find you. Well, yeah, that's the thing. He doesn't have a website, so you can't really go to his website and check him out.
1: No, I'm breaking all the rules. I don't have site <laughs> tracking enabled. I don't have engagement scoring set up for my own, my own thing. Um, I just haven't needed it at this point. Uh, someday, someday maybe it will. And then I'll get in touch and have you update the backlink and the, the podcast episode. So I get that, uh, nice SEO juice as well.
0: Yeah. But they can reach you on Facebook. So we'll link up your Facebook on uh, in the show notes so they can Perfect. find you and they can send you a message if they want to. All right. Well, awesome. I just want to say th- thank you um, for just coming on the show and just geeking out with launching. I mean, it's always fun to talk about launching. So it's always good to have somebody else who's a launch strategist and just kind of hear pe- their perspective on things as well. Definitely. Thank you, Ken, for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, you took a
1: chance on a guy without a website. I have him <laughs> on the podcast. So I hope this has been uh, you know, a good episode for your audience. And um, yeah that's what I am a launch geek and it's, it's nice to talk to another one. So
0: awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for everybody listening in and we'll talk again next week. Thank you so much for listening to the, Oh my God, I'm launching podcast. Now, if you liked this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K E N W E S T G A A R D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.